And then this senior year session, it is an interview that I conducted with my other coworker. His name is Jesse. Uh, he's a little bit of an older man, so he passed on some wisdom about the Phoenix uh, kind of like live entertainment scene and his journey along that. He is an artist. Check out his stuff on YouTube. It's called City Coyote. Uh, a couple songs on there. Pretty cool. He's like uh, definitely an indie alternative um, kind of guy. That's cool. It's a cool little interview. I forget what we talked about because this was a couple months ago, but I remember being intrigued. I remember having a good time. And uh, yeah, I remember just having a good, he's a, he, he always holds a good conversation, that Jesse. So shout out to him. We have to check out his stuff. And without further ado, here is me talking to another dude. Oh, yeah. I got a heavy tolerance, so. Alright, this is the Rolling Stoner Podcast, y'all. I'm here with my coworker Jesse. Hello. How you doing, man? Uh, so far, so good today. Got work done. Uh, been home, waited for about an hour to do this, and I'm excited that the mics are finally, or the mic, I guess. Yeah, Mike Singler. Is we on. Were testing out some mics. <laughs> Earlier, that's kind of cool. Always fun to play with microphone technology. It's like the force with your ears, you know? <laughs> it's always fun to hear your voice amplified, for me, honestly. Mm. Uh, just like being a singer and being able to be on stage or whatever. And That's also why I wanted to give you that PA speaker. Is I was like, man, trying to like keep up above the volume with a natural mm-hmm. voice... Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, it gives you a little bit more of that power over the crowd. So I'm stoked it works because it's just been sitting in the laundry room for over a year. It's very like, it has a nice finesse of a resonation to it. It's not like too overbearing or anything. Well, and for music, it may not work so well just because it's one speaker. But for just your voice, I think it'll be great. It'll be perfect for a stand-up. Yeah, and I'm excited about that show. Yeah, for the guys, uh, the audience, this show will probably already happen by the time the show uh, episode's out. But I'm doing a backyard brouhaha for a comedy club I've started at ASU. And uh, there's also going to be some a- other actual comedians there who I'm befriended on the circuit over the past year of doing stand-up. It'll be really fun because it's like, you know, there'll be brews, there'll be ha-has, friends, family lasagna i got it i invited an italian guy and he was like what dishes do i need to bring <laughs> i'm like hey if you want to bring dishes like you can well i honestly as long as the comedy's good i prefer those small shows mm-hmm. it's the same way i'd rather see a, a punk rock band play to 20 people in a dive bar and just see them rip and no disrespect to bands that bring in 2,000 people mm-hmm. but, but you don't get that intimate scene. exactly and for me, going to big shows as well, it's like, man, I spent all this money for a social anxiety attack. <laughs> I feel like the walls are coming down on me. <laughs> yeah, it's a mosh pit, man. <laughs> well, that's that I'm okay with. So have you talked about uh, stand-up for nature on your podcast? No, not yet. I was too busy uh, pro- uh, producing it and stuff. But yeah, I have also, in the meantime, in my hiatus, I have done a stand-up special which is on youtube at my other youtube channel loop the rolling comedy and uh that is about more more secular about or more of a stylized stand-up special because well <coughs> i'll talk about it yeah you watched it give me a, give so me a so times. luke and i have only known each other for a very short period of time just in and out of work so when he said he did stand-up comedy and he's you're 21 right mm-hmm I, I expected amateur hour, no lie. And I was like, but that's cool. Like, he did a stand-up special. No, dude, honestly, I put it on. I was like, holy shit, this is well-produced. You had non-stop. It's 56 minutes, correct? 46 minutes. Okay. No, I, I, I thought it was great, man. Thank you. I thought it was fantastic, so... I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, fanboy out, but I want people to know, like, yeah, dude, if if you haven't checked it out, you need to immediately. Um, 
So yeah, I was stoked for you, man. I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And I have also checked out some of your uh, music as well. The City Coyote stuff? The City Coyote stuff. I like it. It's very folky. Yeah. Only a few songs out, but... But I enjoy it. You just gotta keep working. Um, I feel like just uh, this is a common ball game between us as just live entertainers. And even though my special is on digital, I still do well, stand-up the, shows in live. And Well, I was going to go there because <coughs> I do want to perform live. I'm mm-hmm. not a very confident guitar player, but I do want to do that because I have more songs other than what's recorded. Mm-hmm. But what you said is interesting about being a live performer, but doing it over a medium like... Yeah, digitally. Digital. Mm-hmm. But I'm I like it more and more because I don't do nightlife anymore. Mm, yeah, that is true. So the ability to just like go on YouTube and find a solid stand-up set, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know with good camera angles. Otherwise, you might just be up there paying. You know. Yeah, just like a talking one. Seven dollars for a beer, and <laughs> <laughs> you can't smoke on the couch. Yeah, that's very true. That's very and, true. and over quarantine. Like he, yeah, K-E- I got into stand up a lot too because that was all I. Well, KEXP, they're that uh, radio station out of Seattle, I believe. And sometimes it's almost more fun to find out about a new band when it's just them and not like a big audience or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, it's just close up angles and stuff. Yeah, very true. And I saw, I saw some swings and misses from bands that were like, "Ah, oh, we want to perform, so we're going to try to do our own thing." Mm-hmm. But the production wasn't there. But then there were other ones where you're like, dude, this is this is very good. Yeah, I guess there is a new side of the coin that uh, kind of emerged through the pandemic of entertainment in the home. It's not just like you have to rent a DVD or go to Redbox or like even do Netflix. You can look up shows, and I, I listen to a lot of um, me and my friends over quarantine. We got super into freestyling over just beats on, that we find on YouTube. And now we're like starting to record our own songs and such in the closet that we made in our hallway. TRU, the Rhythmic Units. Be on the lookout for that, y'all. Well, and it, it all started in the pandemic because we had nothing to do except for explore the internet. And Well, and it's cool there's live music again, but the last show I went to was a band called Idols. Mm-hmm. I-D-L-E-S. Uh, <coughs> they're probably one of my newest very idling they're <laughs> they're one of my newest favorite bands they fucking rip my uh, roommate bought tickets $30 a piece it was at the Van Buren where I used to work ooh Van Buren's a cool place it was cool the show was cool and then like halfway through the show our set I'm like I'm getting tired man <laughs> so and <sighs> brightest candles burn the quickest well, that and you know, I work early in the morning, like six a.m. So my my sleep That's rhythm true, is just yeah. completely off. You're like uh, <coughs> the opposite of nocturnal. I'm halfway in, halfway out. Mm. Because I I have trouble sleeping through the night, so I usually wake up at like two or three, and then just lay in bed for like three hours. Uh. Do you ever listen to music while you're just chilling in bed? I usually love doing no, that. No, I'm trying to go back to sleep. I'm not trying to wake back up, but well, I, I guess I... use music to soothe myself to go to sleep. I do those rain sound. Ooh, YouTubes. white noise kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that's good, though. Why? Just uh, constant noise, even if it's minimal, can still damage your hearing over time. you got to give your ears a break, a rest. That's true. And I think about like, uh, you know, maybe I'll watch something on TV, but then you've got the white or... I heard that's a thing that happened with New Yorkers is uh, like if you live deep in the city, like you're constant, there's constant noise, noise, constant pattern, pattern. So when they go out into the country and they finally hear silence, they freak the fuck out. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, if you curate the noise... You can find, like, an accidental music to it all. Locally. Well, creates a scene. I don't listen to music when I'm at work. 
because the sounds aren't that loud, but it engages me in the present moment. Mm. Sometimes it's nice to put in headphones and sort of be in your own world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like... You do music in your free time. I'm surrounded by guitars and I'm staring at a piano right now. So yeah, a lot of times it's like I, I want work to sort of be quiet with a little background mm -hmm. noise. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's why I, sometimes I'll skateboard around just like no headphones or anything. One, scared of getting hit by a car again. But two, <laughs> it's nice to hear the birds and the bees sometimes. No, it's true. It's true about that because uh, at times I like to go to the dog park with OC mm -hmm. and... Uh, you know, if if I need a pick me up, I'll listen to music. But other times, I think it's good to help, like uh, mental health, to just sort of decompress, mm -hmm. and not just have stuff pumped into your head. And to be honest, I, I haven't even taken my cell phone out of the house with me, just because I don't like the I'm I, raw dog in it. <laughs> I am. <laughs> No, half the stuff I get texted to me is just random Dude, ads all this election shit. Election you know? shit. Yeah. Just trash. And I'm I'm tired of hearing that notification and like, huh. I was like, just you know at like, a little family reunion thing and I could find out how like conservative or liberal my relatives were just by which text they were complaining about from him. Because <laughs> the algorithm knows. <laughs> well, how was your trip? Oh, it was great. Went to D.C. for a wedding. Uh, it was my cousin's wedding and she's like my older cousin that like growing up she would she and her older sister would come and like babysit me and my younger sister because my parents had to do like school shit uh, to get ready for the school year so they were like gone for a week doing like meetings and stuff so they would come and just babysit us would go to the pool and drive us around because they were like 16 17 while I was like 12 13 uh, and it was just really surreal because like it used to be like my friends at the pool all had a crush on my older cousins and stuff. And now, like, I'm seeing my older cousin walk down the aisle. And I'm, then I just got belligerently drunk at the reception. And I accidentally, I accidentally broke my mom's toe. Uh, maybe toenail for sure. But we were dancing to Mamma Mia. So, no regrets. ABBA? Yeah. It was great. That's a song worth breaking a toe to. Also, I think if you're a teenager, the term might be teenager sat, not babysit. <laughs> true, true. I did. It was funny. They like knew how to drive, but I knew where to get and stuff, and they kept on with missing the turns every single time. And I'm just like, just, just let me hold the wheel. <laughs> so what's up between, like, I've never been to the East Coast, so you're from place. Baltimore? Yeah, I'm from Baltimore. How far is that from D.C.? 45 or? minutes. Uh, okay, so they're right there. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably kind of like Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to describe it. Okay. Um, yeah. How You just flew? Yeah, just flew over. It's a, about a six-hour plane ride from Arizona to Baltimore. <coughs> I've done it probably, probably at least once a year, uh, every year of my life. Hmm. Nothing uh, out of the ordinary on this flight? Nah. Oh, except for I went on like one of the newer Southwest Airline planes and like they had like they had radio like for everyone to listen to. I thought I was going crazy for a second because I was like I was listening to, to music on my headphones and then I took them off and I was still listening to music and I was like what, what the fuck? Huh. And then I look around and there's like neon lights everywhere I'm like this looks like a party bus. Like I think I've been on this thing to a frat formal once. <laughs> I've I've been on a party bus. It was wild. But speaking of flight, did you see the? I guess it was Space Force, or the thing in the air the other night. It was like a triangle. No. It was over here, Maybe. over yeah. to the west. West of Tempe. Yeah, my friend Alex and I saw it. Randy saw it. He's got video of it. Uh, crush that. But it's crazy because we stepped out of Circle K and other people were in the parking lot filming <coughs> it. And apparently it's legit Space Force, but man, it was yeah. cool to think so it was like a UFO. A, that's pretty cool. 
I, that makes sense that like there's just so many military bases around here. They probably gave one to Space Force. Yeah. They're like, all right, you can test your bottle rockets. Uh, here just you got... go. <laughs> I remember my dad is a science teacher, so like one of his like favorite party tricks for like his class and stuff. If they like were good kids and they earned it, he's like, I'll teach you about bottle rockets and science and stuff. And like it was like real easy, like I don't know some chemistry shit, and they like fly off like 50 feet in the air and then he also had the mother all mother of all bottle rockets <laughs> which wasn't just like a 20 you know the 20 ounce like Dasani shit it was a goddamn liter and then he put a fucking funnel on it on a piece of pcp pipe so this shit looks more aerodynamic than whatever the fuck Be- Je- bezos was doing and my dad was like this was his pride and joy so uh, one time he was showing off bottle rockets to my cub scout troop at the time i was in like, first grade or something and uh, I remember my one friend, Danny, he definitely had ADHD as a kid. And we kept on telling him, like, all right. Like, we had a game where we'd fire off the bottle rockets, and then it's like three fries, three flies, three flies, where everyone tries to catch the bottle, the bottle rocket. Because, you know, they're plastic. They're not going to harm you. But the, the mother of all rockets <laughs> had a fucking spike. So it's literally like an impalement waiting to happen. <laughs> And everyone's like, don't try to chase this one. And then, <laughs> bottle rocket goes up, and Danny sprints sideways into the <laughs> open field, just arms out like this, <laughs> like he's trying to catch a goddamn punt. <laughs> and the bottle rocket comes in right in between the arms. He missed, and he like didn't get impaled or anything, but like, Close he, got, he got stern talking to after it. <laughs> We definitely played with fireworks a lot when I lived in uh, the country mm-hmm. in a small town. Uh, bottle rockets. Our na- our neighbor down at the lake had a whole setup with these big metal pipes, like mm-hmm. six in a row, and he'd just he was a single dude, no kids, no. Oh, so a lot of free time. Yeah, <laughs> just a, lot a of money. stack of <laughs> bottle rockets. And then he'd load them all up on the six, and all the kids would go down there and light them. And you'd be like, back, 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 back. <laughs> and we just launch them into the lake. Uh, during high school, me and my friends, a little bit of a tradition on 4th of July was we to drive up uh, into like. I lived in Towson, which is eight miles from Baltimore City. So I'm like a half an hour drive from like the deep city. I'm in, like, a developing town, but I'm also, like, a half-an-hour ride from, like, country Hicksville. So I felt like Curious George as a child. Uh, and my friends and I, on 4th of July, we'd, like, just buy as many as many bottle rockets and uh, Roman candles and shit as possible in Pennsylvania, because that's where it was legal. Right. And then uh, they'd all of a sudden, you know, appear in Maryland somehow. Uh and we'd take them to, like, a park and, like, just shoot them at each other uh, all through the night. And we'd have, like, I literally have a Captain America uh, fucking shield. shield for the occasion, dude. It was so much Roman fun. candle fights are the fun, or the funnest, man. I'm quite a bit older than you. I'm 37, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say that because you know that. But, uh, yeah. Living out there in, in Graham, out in Texas, you could get all sorts of crazy shit. Ooh. I still remember they had, like, mortars and stuff. <laughs> like, stuff that you could shoot into the lake and it would still blow up underwater. Like, <laughs> Yeah. kind of firework. I remember I went to a firework show on the lake, like, a, in Virginia, like a family reunion. And uh, this is actually the same part of the family that the cousin that got married is from. Uh, and we would go watch fireworks shows on like the lake on a boat and because then it's like kind of a double feature because you see the reflection of it that's pretty sick it was so fucking dope what kind of boat um i don't know it was like a like a nice little lake boat we were able to go tubing with it and i fucking love that shit because like that was the kind of shit where like you got this shit talk with your uncle and he got to just whip you around (laughs) show you his boss (laughs) <laughs> and like it was great you just holding on for dear life there's nothing nothing more like living as a child I never did too much stuff like that like tubing I rode a 
jet ski once. Holy jet cow, skis that was are fun. fun. Yeah. I rode a jet ski around the circle of a cargo ship once. Really? Yeah. And I wasn't even the one that was in charge of doing that. I was on like the back of like a scoutmaster for Boy Scouts at the time. Huh. And I was like, you won't, you won't circle around that cargo thing. And he's like, you bet your ass I will. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> uh, my dad and I had a canoe. That's what we did while we went fishing. So what's up with Boy Scouts? When did you join that up? Well, I was a, cub, I, I was a full-bred <laughs> through and through Cub Scout to Boy Scout to Eagle Scout. Uh, but that was just because it was kind of a thing to do after school and my parent my dad was like i want this kid to like be able to take care of himself in the wilderness because maryland's surrounded by woods and shit so it's like why not go camping and he also liked being involved in doing the camping trips as well because he grew up going camping all the fucking time out in arizona another great state to camp in uh and so like the way to do that in like a city is like to do boy scouts uh and i also I also really enjoyed it. I joined the cool, the cool Boy Scout troop. Like, I did my research. I, like, looked around at all the fucking different ones. It was Troop 35. The reason why I joined was because they didn't wear the uniforms at the meetings. Because they were all, like, lacrosse kids and shit. And they're like, we don't want to fucking do this. And then they also had, like, this super dope-ass camp in, like, the eastern shore of Maryland, which is on the Chesapeake Bay. So it's, like, kind of, like, brackish water. Like beautiful, beautiful place. Like I'm definitely gonna write, definitely gonna write a comedy movie about the adventures I had at Boy Scout camp. How old were you then? I was from twelve, or no, I joined when I was eleven. So from eleven to eighteen was hmm. when the last time I could go. What so was it like, like? Seven years. Once a week. Once no, it was two weeks. So well, the summer camp was a two week camp in just the fucking wilderness, and like that was like. Have you ever watched Lord of the Flies? Or read the book, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> it, it was exactly like that. Uh, yeah, I had. But a bunch of 11 to 18 year old boys in the middle of nowhere with no supervision. Did you say Lord of the Fries on purpose? Well, we were a little fried, so yeah. <laughs> not gonna lie. You know, Eagle Scouts, they got a flat hat. I did watch that. Okay, so I get it now. Yeah. But it, so it wasn't like a weekly thing. Well, there was weekly shit, but like you know, you had to get the merit badges, and there was like I did a lot of service projects. Oh, okay. And stuff. Uh, like I had I had my own eagle project where I created a uh, outdoor classroom. Um, for my old elementary school, and uh, I later found out when I came back from college and stuff, that that is one of the most popular smoking spots in the local community. I'm like, damn, I give back in two different ways. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then, but Boy Scout camp also was like where I learned what hazing was. And like the real just like primal what just like primal masculinity is because like you know you grew up you grew up with all these guys and like i was both in a fraternity and a boy scout troop the boy scout hazing was so much worse because one i'm 12 so i'm sober (laughs) and then i'm also in the middle fucking nowhere like when i got hazed and probably one of the worst things i had happened when hazing in the fraternity was they kidnapped us and they took us to the middle fucking nowhere i'm like oh shit this is where this is my roots. Like, <laughs> I'm used to this. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, we're in the middle of nowhere. All right, that's north. Okay, I can see lights. That's probably the city. All right, I know where I am. Oh, shit. And then like, that's Ooh. pretty fucking scary, though. Like kidnapping someone. I've been kidnapped at Boy Scouts too. So <laughs> that one was a lot worse. That was like waking up in your sleep. You're on a cot. It's freezing cold outside, and all you see are just like these like large golems like just like carrying you in the forest and you're just like is this a dream is this like i'm really cold i've never felt this cold in a dream and then like the golems kind of look like people you recognize like the older scouts and this was like my second year i think in camp and uh 
eventually I like get up and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then they're like, then they like put me down and then just go off like 10 feet. And then I, I'm like, all right, this is my time to escape. But I realize that I sleep in my boxers and it's 45 degrees outside and I'm in the middle of the forest. I should probably go back into my sleeping bag and just ride this out. So then they come back over and they're like, Luke, you are asleep. Go back to sleep. This is not happening. And I'm like, I don't think I'm asleep. This is really <laughs> fucking cold. And they're like, fine. Here's a blindfold. And like they like took it. One guy had to take his shirt off and blindfold me. Because, uh, you know, Boy Scouts, they improvise. And then... <laughs> They start just taking me around the forest. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? It's 4 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, I hear another familiar voice. It's like the head scout guy. He comes. And he's like, what, what, what the fuck are you doing, guys? Like, like, and they're like, oh, we're just uh, uh, taking him for a walk. And then they're like having like this argument in the distance. And then I hear the head guy come. And he's like, Luke, Luke, I'm so sorry. This is a mix-up. They're trying to fuck around with you. Very badly, obviously. Um... I'm gonna have them take you back to your tent. Don't worry. Like, you don't have to walk or anything. Like, they'll take you back to your tent and put you right back where you belong. Uh, but you gotta keep the blindfold on. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> and he goes, ah, well, this is Boy Scouts. <laughs> it's all bullshit. And I'm like, okay, fine. So, they take me back to the tent. But they, they like, lose their way three times, I think. Because I remember the out... Like, I'm trying to remember, like moderate out because I'm being kidnapped you're very aware of your surroundings and they finally bring me back to my tent and they're like sorry Luke we'll have it again and then they leave and immediately after that I'm like alright I need to I need to take a piss so I leave to take because I, I wasn't going to piss myself in front of people but you know they did scare the piss out of me eventually but I held it so I went out to go take a piss and so I leave my tent and I take a piss in a fucking meadow a mile away from camp because they also moved my tent while kidnapping me so I'm like fuck where the fuck am I (laughs) that's does that happen a lot in like boy scouts like pranks like that oh yeah dude we took each other's tents down uh we would, I, what did I do? Um, there was this thing called the Brotherhood of the Rainbow where uh, all the scouts would like dress in like morph suits and then just like go down into the like the, cause like there's like, you know, there's classism in almost every system in America, especially the Boy Scouts. We had the Eagle Scout camp, which was secluded in its own area. They could fuck around and it was Epsilon. It was dope as fuck. And then there was all the other patrols of uh you know alpha beta gamma delta and stuff and there's competition it was it was a great time and there was sometimes the water balloon raids were a big one camping skills night it was great (laughs) great ass time dude nothing too bad like no one got traumatized or anything uh but a lot of just like systematic bonding through because like you know, two guys got to hold the catapult and one guy's got to aim it while, like, at the other kids while stuff. Like, we had a bunch of things. No, I mean, I remember doing some wild stuff with just the kids in the neighborhood, you know, before I was the age of 12. And it was fun as shit. Oh, yeah. I would do, like, yeah, pick, pick up football with the neighborhood kids. Every yeah. Uh, we would jump over creeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, just random stuff at the parks and you know, rolling down hills, whatever. Um, you ever sled in Texas? Well, Texas is a little flat. Well, you do. Uh, you get a piece of cardboard. <laughs> and you, yeah, and then you find it. I mean, that's what they do at. Uh, I don't know. Like the, uh, my dad, he grew up here out in Arizona, and what he would do is he would rent a block of ice not rent you yeah rent yeah yeah ice, but you get a giant block of ice and then you go to the you'd sneak into the golf golf courses because it's the only it's the only hills in Arizona and you'd have the block of ice 
put a towel and it was like you could anti-sled is called is how we called it I've seen that no we would just go to the park and there was a big enough hill that uh yeah you get a piece of cardboard and fold the front part back so it's like a sled and then just hopefully you make it uh I remember one of the last winters I spent in Maryland I was like visiting from college uh so I was hanging out with me and my friends and it was snowing like during it was I was so glad to see the snow like it was like six inches or so so it was like perfect sledding scenario and everyone goes to like Stonely Elementary which has like this 45 degree at least or like 60 I don't know like isosceles triangle like deadly like a, you gain inertia while <laughs> you go down uh, this stuff and like it's also covered in leaves beforehand because all the trees and so it's hella fucking slippery like just the undercoating and like you everyone goes there so it just turns into sleet that freezes over <laughs> and then there's also like at the way down at the bottom because eventually like that just gets so worn down that everyone has to like go more down to this hill and in the bottom it's like all filled with ivy and stuff and it's like very soft and slow and uh, I just remember like all of the families of the local neighborhood and stuff was there like the older college kids the younger kids like all the younger siblings that were like sledding down and then they would go down to the bottom of the hill and all of the older siblings were still at the top of the hill collecting snowballs and then just beaming their younger siblings <laughs> and it was so much fun I joined in <laughs> it was like it's over I have the high ground. <laughs> so you're used to snow. Yeah, I would. I, would, I was born in a blizzard because I was born in February. Hmm. Uh, so I'm very used to snow. I don't like the cold because the cold has slowly become not snow but everything else. And I don't like the everything else. Like freezing rain can suck my ass. Sleet is annoying. Um, and then like the constant just like grayness of the winter time. And you don't see the sun, it's depressing. Like here, at least I see the sun, like almost twelve hours a day, every day. That's what I love about Arizona. Texas was pretty cool. Uh, we did get like hailstorms. Mm, I've had like, some hailstorms. Freezing cold, where you know your pipes freeze up. Mm-hmm. Uh, tornadoes. Um, plus, it was hot, and depending on which part of Texas I've lived in. Houston, Lubbock, and Fort Worth. Houston's really humid, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I moved out here. And here, there's like been some haboobs, mm. which are just like, I the like dust storms. Uh, skateboarding and haboobs is so much fun. I, you only I, need to push off once and you can go like three blocks. <laughs> well, I, just, I, I always walk around him. It always gets in your teeth, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, obviously the extreme heat, but now it's just yeah, getting cold July here. is a rough month. I realize that. <clears throat> it is, because it's like uh, the middle. Yeah. Like, uh, I, had, I had literal burnout in July. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of burnout, you want to burn this one out? Let, you, let's take a water break. All righty. That's a good idea. Oh, I got water. I'm getting very parched. That's why I got my stand-up club to be sponsored by Liquid Death, which is pretty cool. Because <laughs> now it's going to be at the Brouhaha. I got Hydrate and Dehydrate all next to each other. Oh, what's Liquid Death? Canned water. It's a canned water company. What? So it's like they do sparkling water, but it looks like... The design and stuff is like skulls and flaming skulls. You would actually very like the aesthetic, not gonna lie. It's very punk. But uh, it's canned water because they're like demographic. It's like Generation Z kids, college kids, and uh, recovering alcoholics. Because it still looks like a beer. Okay. You're drinking water or sparkling water. The guy who actually put me on was one of my old bosses. uh, Because like we'd go power washing and like... We'd go to, like, stop at, like, 7-Eleven. He'd get, like, all these, like, liquid death cans. I'm like, Jesus, you're knocking them back. You want me to drive? And he goes, dude, this is fucking water. <laughs> Wait oh. a second. How much are they? 
don't know, like, uh, not more expensive than probably your average <laughs> water <laughs> dispenser. <laughs> okay. But they're like, they're, they're up and coming, like, you can get them at stores. Because it looks cool? It looks dope. Okay, I can see that, I guess. I mean, if they have, you know, like, rotating artists. And they do. They have, like, like tripping. Yeah, you can get variety. I get, can't, I get cases all the time. But I got a hookup, so I get it for free. Okay. Well, don't go over the top with that. I, I, you can't get over the top of the water. <laughs> well. Just floods. <laughs> but, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe this world's start- due for a flood. Yeah, this part is bad boy. Sorry, I cut off your joke. Oh, it's all good. Oh, I was just going to go into a little bit of a rant. Here, you want to light this one? I'll light the last one. I'm the host of the podcast, but you're technically the host of the scene. So what's your favorite instrument, Jesse? Guitar. Guitar. Nice. What type do you like? A, is that a Spanish guitar right there? Acoustic? I took one guitar class in high school, and I learned that... I'm not good at guitar. That guitar, uh, it's not, a, I don't know if it's a Spanish guitar. It's just like a nylon string guitar mm. that my granddaddy had. He had one very similar, and it was always sitting on the side of his couch in the den. So when all the cousins were over, everyone would just, you know, when they were sitting there, just start playing it. So my dad saw that one at a flea market and bought it just for granddaddy his dad and then when I moved uh, into my own place in Lubbock my parents were going to come visit me and I asked him to bring me a guitar and he brought me that one and that's the guitar I learned to play on Mm -hmm. and then that one Mm -hmm. uh, my brother made for me oh Oh, my brother makes guitars? Yes, he does. Hold on. Let me show you. Oh, yeah. I'd love to have a demonstration. I'm not going to play anything. No, that's fine. But, bro. Whoa. Upshaw. Handcrafted guitars. His name is not Brother Coyote Guitars. He's been that name for a few years. It's probably out of tune. This is beautiful. It's like a burgundy. Yeah. I absolutely love it. glistens in the sunlight. Damn, I can see my reflection in the back. Ooh, polished. Alright, I don't trust myself holding this any longer. Sorry. Yeah, so... Beautiful guitar. Those Those are my two guitars and... Hold on, let me get back in my seat. All good, all good. For me personally, uh, I also like guitar because I know like seven chords. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can use a capo, you know, to change the octaves. Exactly. Change your strumming patterns for different songs. Um, so I just mess around with different chord changes until I find one that I'm like, okay. And then when the melody comes to my head, then I start to work with that. Then I knock the melody out, <coughs> then I write the lyrics. Because hmm. um, really, I like the vocals. I, I like that. So, I like the guitar because it kind of, yeah, it's, it, it helps give me a place to sing. Even when I'm alone on the couch. You know? Yeah, that's very true gives you a way to express yourself as well well and my dad is one of my favorite musicians ever he's never really performed mm-hmm. he could play like nine instruments I'm not gonna list him but he never cared about like exposure or uh, mm-hmm. putting out albums true artist, then. right and so sometimes I gotta check myself and like man if it's just if it feels fun in the moment mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably riff in your head like oh, like bits yeah. that maybe you forget but mm-hmm. 
Well, that's how I started. I would just, uh, you know, get high and just riff with myself in the forest. And, like, I wasn't performing for really anyone. It was just myself. But I wanted to uh, express myself in that way and, like, develop a way of thinking. Where it was just, like, everything could turn into a bit. And it was, like, almost as a self-therapy for me. Because, uh, like, the world was ending at the time. And now, it's kind of just became a way to express myself. Because I've, I've turned it into an art form and something I can tune. And something I can improve. And something I can work at and become better. And uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. You're still pretty young, but how much stuff have you done that you look back and cringe at? Uh, probably the shit that I like made when I was six, but it was also kind of well. Like, oh, come on, come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, probably some sketches I wrote like last year, or when you think it's funny, and then looking <coughs> back, you're like, no. I look back, I'm like, that's like a very basic understanding of, or like that's like, I can, I look back at some of the shit that I wrote. When I was like in a uh, a different comedy club last year, it was a sketch writing improv club, and uh, I was just like, "Oh, I understand the type of person that would write uh, that stuff that time." And I didn't write anything that was any like really offensive or anything, but it was like <coughs> I lived. I've matured a little bit more since then, so I can write a little bit more sophisticated stuff. Uh, I was more... I was more... <coughs> I think I was more a little bit more arrogant in my writing. Younger. When I first started out. Because I was like, I think this needs to be said. I want to put these ideals in. Let's make it a death metaphor! And I'm like, is that very necessary for an audience to like <coughs> contemplate... <coughs> Especially in a live sense, if it's sketch, like people do kind of want to have a good time. So I'm like, all right, I can I can do the idealistic, you know, super thought out philosophical shit in my stand up, and like you you kind of see that in the special a lot. So I've figured out a better way to outlet that type that side of my personality because it is it is true. Like I'm not gonna say that I'm not gonna say I regret writing that stuff. I'm not gonna deny those ideas that I had when I had it at the time I will stand by them and everything I write I wrote it and I thought it was funny and maybe it still is maybe it, it didn't hold up maybe I can think of a better way it could be funnier and if I think I if I think of a better way it could be funnier I'll write it down like I read a Mel, a Mel Gibson interview on the plane ride uh, over over here and he was like he was like rewrite 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 I'm constantly rewriting like to him Young Frankenstein is not done hmm. I, I don't even know if I've seen that I saw it a long time ago when I was a kid I really want to rewatch it I think it's on uh, get your phone who gives a shit oh no I was just turning off the ringer was, no that's what I was saying it was a it was a news notification I don't really care about that shit right now. <laughs> How do we get to Young Frankenstein? Oh, I was referencing Mel Gibson. How do we get to Mel Gibson? Is that... Yeah, Mel Gibson, right? <laughs> uh, because Oh, because I was talking about just rewriting. Because we were talking about... How you oh. said, was there any projects that I did where I was like dead cringe at? Well, the only... The main one... Well, I got two. One is just like the lyrics I wrote in my young 20s, which I didn't say anything too crazy, but I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Very opinionated. Very yeah, opinionated. Yeah, I think everyone in their young 20s is opinionated. And then, uh... But, like, you kind of have to be. I uh, I went through my Facebook, because I just went through a purge of all my mm -hmm. social media, and I went through my Facebook, and I realized how many posts I had where I was, like, trying to be funny. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man, come on. Uh, so just, like, just snarky or edgy kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. just deleting them, like. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I well, I can definitely tell you some of the stuff that I haven't, like, publicly published. 
but some of like the my early jokes that I written in like the beginning of my joke book, I will never fucking say because <laughs> I'm just like, all right, this is just like, you know, a caterpillar in a cocoon, <laughs> just trying to figure out what's funny about women. <laughs> Dude, uh, I had a, one of those, uh, not a moleskin. It's just a, the black and white like checkered books i just was writing down random ideas mm-hmm. some of it i was trying to be funny some of it was serious some of it was angry mm-hmm. filled up the whole book That's and good. then my uh my dad showed up and i went and took a nap and i left the book out Uh-oh. no he didn't he didn't say anything about it he's oh, like uh, he's like i saw your book i was like how much did you read he's like <laughs> all of it i was like <laughs> and that was that but i was like ugh I can relate to that. I showed my dad the special over the DC trip, so seeing him kind of watch the shit that I've been on. And, like, you know, there's a couple pegging jokes in there. And I was very surprised that my dad got those. And I was like, I'm, like, I'm not going to think about that too much. <laughs> but he was laughing. And then my grandma was also in the room. And she didn't get that. And I was like, I'm not explaining that with you. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> This is some good ass weed. (coughs) (coughs) I know hybrid. I don't know, man. I went. I it was a. There's five five pre rolls in each box. Um, and it was a three for seventy. 15 grams. I was like, that's pretty good, even if I bust them all open. But also, I enjoy just sitting and smoking, man. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't smoke cigarettes. Joints, I think, is one of my favorite ways. And these are are pretty... I mean, they're uh, burning pretty even. Oh, yeah. So... You and your dad might have had a canoe, but we do not. That was a good one. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but I took them all three out the the box, and one one was uh, Indica and two were Hybrid. And then I was like, I instantly realized that I didn't know which one was which. I think this one's Hybrid. Pretty high. I am definitely Hybrid. (laughs) (laughs) Did you play music or anything? I grew up like yeah, in the music program at school. That was how I was exposed to it. So it was very like disciplinary, you know, <coughs> good. You had to be good to get the grade. And like, you know, it was kind of forced upon me. Uh, but I tried out a lot of stuff. I like, I was pretty good at trombone. So I did that for a while. I was in jazz band and stuff. <coughs> and it was pretty cool. <coughs> then in high school I want to like try out the piano see if I could do it <coughs> realized not really into it but it's cool to fuck around I like I my I want to learn at least one song on piano that I can like just ring out like really impress people <coughs> at like a house party <coughs> like that scene so I can play a, Jaws <laughs> like that scene in a Groundhog Day yeah exactly <laughs> It's crazy that you graduated, like, what, three, four years ago? I graduated high school in 2019. And I will graduate college in May of this, next, of 2023. Hmm. Do you, do you feel like, I don't know, not robbed, but like you missed something over quarantine and the pandemic? Everybody did. But you were going through a transition. Yeah. I was, so, I was fortunate enough to have, like, one year of, like, normal college my freshman year. Or at least one semester of it. Uh, Because then it hit in March of freshman year. But I still had it up. I had a weird-ass college experience. But I think it was the college experience I needed to have in order to live the life that I'm living now. Hmm. But, like, 
Like, if you did the math of what I was robbed of, I was just robbed of a Vegas trip at a fraternity. Um, that was it, really. Well, we're just establishing uh, stability to for moving forward when it's disrupted right off the bat. True. But with that, like, I was given a great adversity, and with that, that bred greatness in character. Because, like... Yeah, the world was ending, so I, like, realized I'm going to need a job after this quarantine shit during the summer uh, with a good company um, and shit that's, like, reliable. Jesus. Big roommate's here. No. Huh? <coughs> oh, no, UPS. Thank you. Oh, what's up, Barrio? <coughs> oh shit! Left my phone out here. Yeah, it's sitting right here. <laughs> Talking about how you go outside without your phone, and now you go inside, <laughs> and your phone stays outside without you. <laughs> <laughs> Working in an Amazon warehouse in East Baltimore during the summer of mm. 2020, and uh, that shit like kind of like really introduced me to the real world because like George Floyd died when I was like doing that shit, um, and uh, a lot of other shit went down, and like I got to see like how Baltimore faced it, and they were tough motherfuckers. Like, because it was workers. I was working, I was, at first I did inventory, so I was, like, counting all of the shit of Amazon. Most popular things, Bibles and butt plugs. Huh. And, uh, but then gradually I got cool enough with the, uh, workers where they're like, hey, you're a 19-year-old kid, your bones don't ache yet, you want to move all of these stacks of boxes and shit around the warehouse, like, two miles like fucking all like and I'm doing this for 10 hours a day and I'm like fuck yeah I do cause I would just plug in my earplugs and just like listen to like Joe Rogan podcasts and shit and like just like learn yeah, about the world this goes for about that long yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and so I learned about the world and like just super interesting people through the you know, lens of that and then also my own eyes and my own interactions cause there were some characters there were some characters on those floors I was one of them cause I was everyone thought I was a 25 year old I was actually 19 so I was young shit and everyone was like fuck what the fuck are you doing here <laughs> I'm like learning about the world <laughs> and uh that was when I was really like dude I gotta I'm already starting at the bottom at the bottom of like just kegging the machine of everything cause I got to sell the back behind the scenes of Amazon very interesting. Felt like I was working in the Death Star. Well, it, I worked at UPS on the sort line. Yeah, similar. I only lasted for two, three months. Because mm-hmm. I was going six days a week, and the shifts would start between 12.30 to 3 a.m. Yeah, I did like a three-month stint. Because I, like I got... Because I also wanted to save up for... like the next school year and shit for just spending money so I like got I saved up like I think 5,000 8,000 bucks damn and then I was like fuck you Bezos well rode off into the sunset a lot of those people that I worked with they're they're not dummies no smart ass people and to be able to do that they fucking hard working and a lot of times it's just the ability to show up day after day after day well disciplined dude yeah uh, eventually my body gave out. I was just like... My favorite time was my last two weeks because I saved up all of my vacation time because I couldn't figure out how to use it until the very end. So I spent like 10 hours and I went to Six Flags with my sister and on vacation time. So I got paid to just ride roller coasters all day. <laughs> and then 
I would just use like two hours for the next like week and a half um, every now and then to either just sleep in till eight instead of like, you know, six or <laughs> or just get off early. <laughs> How many hours did you get total? 40. 40? Mm-hmm. And then you quit right after that? Well, I already put on my two weeks. Oh. So it was just like, you know, no fucks given. Nice. Okay. Get that check. But with that, like that whole experience, I was like, all right, this is the blue collar life. Like this is the keg in the machine. I, I really understood communism too when I was working that shit. I was like, I understand. I want to be paid the same, the same amount as the guy telling me what to do. Fuck that dude. Uh, I'm not a Marxist now, but when I was working Amazon, I definitely, definitely was like, okay. But then I was like, all right, I want to go balls to the wall with this whole comedy thing because, like, I can't do this shit. I can't be a drone. I might as well be a creative individual and have, like, and, like, enjoy, enjoy doing what I want. Oh, no, I mean, I'm excited to see what's going to happen for you, man. I... Oh, I'm, I'm a jumpy person. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I still want to keep being creative, but it goes back to if it's just playing on the couch, whatever, mm-hmm. recording on my task cam, you know, with just the room mic. And exactly. That'll work. Um, I'm just trying to get back into working with in a somewhat normal uh, working space because mm. ever since 2013 I was just cleaning houses on my own mm. um, and then I got a job as a stagehand and did that for three years but that was you know random so I had to do my you know schedule here there here there yeah very gig based kind of stuff but fucking you know pandemic hits quarantine um I got my stimulus so I'm living on that and what uh you know what I had saved up which was not very much Mm -hmm. and everyone keeps telling me that I can apply for uh I'll spare you the details uh I basically applied for the PUA based on the fact that the Van Buren the venue I worked at was closed because live music was closed mm-hmm. approved could not figure it out week after week after week after week went by I was about to lose my shit because I'm running out of money um yeah, there were tough times back in the day I finally had a friend come over and go no here's what you're doing wrong and she shows me so I start, I'm like, oh, it's a weekly thing. And it lets me go all the way back and reapply for all those weeks. Like a so week you got go- a fat check, though? Yeah. Nice. I had more money than I've had in a very, very long... <laughs> I got $15,000. Oh, shit, good stuff. I don't know, man. I felt a little guilty about it. But also... The Van Buren still wasn't open, mm-hmm. and I could still keep reapplying for unemployment. So then I'm getting four fifty a week. So that's a good, it's a good steady rate right there. It was good, but also living alone, not working, not seeing a lot of people. Oh yeah, that's for me kind of isolation. I didn't handle it real well at times. Let's just put it that way. Mm, yeah, I remember. One of the toughest times was uh, I had my whole suite to myself in the dorm room because COVID hit during spring break. All my all my like my roommate and my suite mates in the dorm all went away back home for spring break. And growing up, I usually spent spring break in Arizona. So freshman year, I'm like, I'm doing the same fucking shit that I always done spring break in Arizona. I'm just there there. And then I like had my I had the suite to myself for a week. I had a suite to myself for the two weeks. I had the sweet to myself for two months, turned into my own bachelor pad, but it was also like, could like, it was an old building, so at some times, yeah, 
it felt like I was just coming back to a prison cell and like yeah dark times for sure well one thing that's scary about that is when you're alone sometimes you don't know how how kind of like disengaged or how like Mm -hmm. disassociated you are yeah it was my brother that you know had to come visit me and be like dude you don't look well (laughs) and that summer I don't remember um for various reasons but and there's nothing to remember every day was just it was kind of the same it was we were all caught in our, our own little time loop yeah groundhog day yeah very much so. And I'm still kind of attached to that. I mean, I got to take OC for a walk, but... You know, that was my... For, that was my way to get out of bed, honestly. Mm. Some mornings was like, he's got to get out, so you got to pick yourself up. Go out, yeah. Make yourself dependable. Mm-hmm. That's why... I, the senioritis for college was really hitting me hard in the begin, uh, at like last summer, because it was like different from high schools where it's like, oh, you know, I can't wait to get out of this shit. Like, no, senioritis in college is like, oh fuck, what I'm gonna do when I get out of this shit? Like, I need to spend this year wisely, do something fun, do something to get myself out of bed, because uh, you know, the dread of just like. The only thing after graduation is debt and death. So I was like, I'm going to start a club and just kind of throw myself into that. At first it was like a farce kind of thing. I was like, oh, it would be like a good little front. Good excuse for me to do comedy shit on campus and not get like kicked out and shit. But then uh, people kind of started came up, coming along and like actually expressing interests. And because uh, I would like do tabling and stuff. Cause, and it's, like, just an excuse to, like, just go out in the campus of ASU and just, like, practice stand-up comedy for three hours at a time. Wait, so when you say comedy club, do you mean, uh, like, a building? Or do you no, mean, no, like, no, a like, group a, of like, a, like, a club, like a student organization oh. dedicated to stand-up comedy. It is oh, okay. a club that likes stand-up comedy. English. But, Yeah. No, maybe I'll own a comedy club at some time. Nah. Hmm. I'm more of a nomadic comedian. That kind of makes me think also, like, it could have an element of, like, Kill Tony, where people can come up and just try. Or... Well, we just, we go out to open mics and shit, and do that, and then this backyard brouhaha will be, like, a, kind of like a... I don't know. It, it'll be a, a first show for... Like a first like show for a private audience that ain't an open mic for a couple of these com- comics. Huh. So it'll be good to see them with like you know freedom and no bars, taking off the gutters in the bowling ring, <laughs> and then also I got I like I'm also putting on two of my friends from the circuit and I'm like if, like I'm giving them fifteen minutes each and like if they want to go over they can go over I'm like. I'm not really putting it on a light. Because <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it'll be a fun time. Because it's going to be like 7 to 10. So it's like three hours. Yeah. And, you know. When are you going to go on it? What order? Well, I'm going to be the host. So I'm going to, like, do the first little spiel and then just, like, All in right. between every person. I got you. I'll say some shit. How are you on water? Yeah. Think? I'm caught in the mouth and like hell. Yeah, this is we're hitting an hour right now. This Holy is shit! Fucking good. So if we, we want to wrap this up, I can wrap it, eh? Or yeah, wanna, if we could do another one if you want later. I mean. Yeah, I got yeah, I got an essay that I gotta write and shit today. No, I like hour. I think that's fine. Yeah, hour's chill. All right. We pause it and then let's then let's wrap. Well. Thank you for being my guest, Jesse. Thank you for the good ass joints. <laughs> Very nicely. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate that. Um, that was a lot of fun. 
um, conversation flowed and, and appreciate you having me on and again very stoked on your special stand up for nature and excited Check for the backyard uh, backyard brew yeah for sure alright I'm off I'm excited to see what you create with what was your coyote, uh, city coyotes right city coyote yeah where can people find that just look up uh, City Coyote EP, or, or no, fuck, those were good joints. Uh, City Coyote, <laughs> Ben Waiting EP. It's just three songs, me and my roommate did them, it's just two of us, but yeah, it's on YouTube if you want to check it out. Alrighty, and I'll put a link in the description of this stuff. Alright, stay high, y'all. <laughs>